Welcome to the Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Going to be a great time today with the Advertising Show being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adh.com and by Walter Carl Interactive at waltercarl.com. That's with a K. Uh, the Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. It's Ray Shillins along with Brad Forsyth. So happy to be with you. We've got uh, just a bunch of great stuff coming your way. Of course, uh, an interview with uh, Mark Gobey. Uh, De Grape Gobey uh, also uh, is his company, but uh, the book is called uh, Brand Jam, uh, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design. Mark is in New York this weekend. We'll be joining him here in conversation here in just a little uh, little bit. And uh, let's see, who else do we have? Just a few moments away, it's a, a bold, bold, bold statement from our marketing insider, also based in New York, Patrick Meyer, and Jeffrey Ginnemer is going to be with us. Uh, say something good. If you, that's, isn't that what Mom always used to say? No, oh, yeah. If you can't say something good, don't say anything. <laughs> so I was very silent as a young child. Were you really? Well, we can talk about that sometime. Yeah. That's on another show, but, you know, we'll, we'll Dr. Ray show. We do that on the uh, on Saturdays. <laughs> but uh, Anyway, did, did you hear about what's going on with the Internet, uh, Brad, and with... Um, Oh, the royalties and stuff like that, the copyright yeah. royalty board? Well, yeah. They say it may be the end, although I doubt it. They say it may be the end of Internet radio, meaning for commercial radio stations that stream their broadcasts. Which is really kind of sad because the opportunity is great. They're, they're basically, this past Monday, challenged that ruling mm-hmm. on a panel from the uh, copyright judge that said it could cripple the emerging business offering of uh, offering music uh, broadcast over the Internet. Clear Channel, NPR even. By the way, did you see the NPR... Has incredible, incredible mm-hmm. numbers. I have. It's surprising, actually. <laughs> this I is no that. portable people meter or no, uh, no Arbitron or anything like that. But they have, they've got a huge number as well. So they're basically uh, going together, NPR, Clear Channel, and I'm sure others to say, come on now, cut it out. They said yeah. uh, the uh, new rules will have crippling effects on public radio's ability to meet its serving the public interest, and it also objected to a 500 per channel. $500 per channel minimum fee. Hmm. Uh, so this will be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. And hopefully it, it, it's not going to cripple uh, the industry because that would be a, be a heck of a good deal to, uh, to keep it, it on there. It, you know, I agree. And, and uh, on the other end, if it does and all those radio stations go away, I guess you're limited to the amount of availability that you have on, uh, on the Internet and what the advertising show grows its audience by – Another uh, million or two, That's just fine. overnight, we'll because of the lack of choices. Without music, yeah, exactly. Yeah, anyway, but I, I, like you, Ray, hope that that doesn't... Uh, no, I really don't. That, that shouldn't happen. Did Let's you hear that your favorite restaurant will be opening a new location in a, another country? It's going to surprise you. Mm-hmm. Uh, restaurant chain Hooters, which uh, I know that you, what, once, twice a week have lunch there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I really go ahead, but I really don't like Hooters. But that's okay. well, yeah. And, you know who does? But anyway, restaurant chain Hooters has announced that it will oh, open its newest location. And are you ready for this, right? Israel. Really? That's right, Rabbi. That's right, Rabbi. Israel. The Atlanta-based chain has signed a franchise agreement to open its first outlet in Israel. Uh, with more to follow, the lucky franchisee issued a statement, Ray, about this uh, new venture. And I'm quoting here. He yeah. said. I'm absolutely positive that the Israelis' quest for great food and atmosphere <laughs> will end at Hooters. Right. So shalom Hooters, I guess, is what we need to say. That's but, funny. Uh, 
in yeah. Israel. Okay. Can you? I mean, of all the okay. places. How do people? Okay, I, I don't understand how that's going to work, but that's okay. Well, oh, we were okay. one of the first to announce Hooters Airlines that didn't really make it, but you know, we we're here on this cutting edge of, of announcements to make sure that this kind of press release won't make it into the general media. But we're here to promote it. That's exactly right. And if and if Hooters was JetBlue. All of those people who had to wait so many hours on the uh, on the on the JetBlue wouldn't right. have minded at all well, to be waiting on the Hooters plane, right? Especially the fact that it's you know kind of chilly out there, I would imagine. So that could be a good thing, <laughs> couldn't it? Uh-oh. Or would it? That's funny. Yeah. Hey, uh, here's something. Uh, I didn't know that high school basketball games. There are more than five hundred thousand basketball games. Uh, of 85,000, uh, actually 80,000 nationwide high school football games and 500,000 basketball games uh, played each year. And what they're doing is there is a college sports television network uh, that is picking up some of these games. Uh, this is CBS Corp. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? it? It acquired Max Preps, an online hmm. high school sports network. Financial terms not disclosed, but I'm sure it was a sweet deal. Isn't that amazing? So they're going to be uh, kind of getting together to bring a, a different venue of, uh, of uh, broadcast for the high school football games and for the 500,000 basketball games played hmm. each year. But, Just, but airing it on CBS.com, I would assume. Not, I would assume on, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's a real interesting thing to see what's going on with... Uh, the, with a mix of uh, non-traditional media and see what uh, see what's playing out here. I want to take a break. Uh, and yeah. We'll get back to, uh, to what you wanted to mention here as well. But uh, let's see, who is this? Patrick Meyer. It's called Bold, Bold, Bold. And knowing Patrick Meyer, do we know any other words besides Bold, Bold, Bold for Patrick? He's our marketing insider here on The Advertising Show. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Bold, bold, bold marketing thinking. That's what I'm talking about today. Stephen Jobs, Richard Branson, even the young guard that's coming into marketing now are focused on bold marketing thinking. You need bold ideas that will inspire the consumer, inspire your organization, your agency, the whole damn world. Go bold or go home. Most brands suffer from non-challenger or non-thought leader culture. Committees deliver the average, and the consumer sees it and never responds. So here's what I want you to think about. What you do every day, are you kicking forward ideas that are bold? Not everything can be bold, but at least once a week, head to your client or head to your boss or your marketing team with some bold ideas. You're saying, Patrick, I'd love to be bold, but where do I start? Here's what I want you to do. Step one, you need to have a bold marketing wall in your office, a wall that's covered with stuff that you see every day that are smacked up on the wall that reflect bold thinking by other marketers. Step two, I need you to think about what drives your client's brand or your brand going forward so you know where to apply bold thinking. Those couple things that really drive the brand going forward. Then third, you need to challenge conventional thinking. Look at the sacred cows that you currently have on your brand or your business that do not deliver bold thinking. Look for places to step up your game, places where the consumer will respond and scream with delight and begin to talk about your brand and ultimately purchase it. So here's what I ask you to do. Push every major initiative to a bold idea level. If it's marketing wallpaper, they'll never see it, and you'll never win, and you will have lost your shot. So step up your game and become a bold marketer. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer as your Marketing Insider. And remember, the revolution is now. Hey, you want to know more? Go to nowing.net or send me an email at patrick at 
We'll do that right after the show, Patrick. Put oh, yeah. your pen down. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth about to welcome out of uh, New York this weekend, Mark Gobey. Mark is author of Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design. We'll tell you more about Mark as we get him into the uh, uh, into the show here. Uh, but Mark is also president, CEO, and executive creative director of De Grape, Gobey. Uh, and uh, as I said before, we're talking to him out of New York. So yeah. more with uh, more. We have, actually have two Marks lined up for this week and next week. A Mark of a different name is Mark Simmons next week, uh, who has yeah. also written a great book. So um, what, do you, what do you have there real quick? Well, real quickly, I just wanted to salute all of the car dealers out there that have uh, selected their sale of choice this March as their March Madness sale. And oh, wow. those you know, that, that is such an uh, electrifying sales event, and the creativity that goes into choosing March Madness as your sales event. I just want to salute all car dealers that did that. that you're I'm glad I was sitting down for that. Oh, man. We have <laughs> a good, good point. We'll take it. Back yeah. in just a minute with more. Looking for your customer's email address? Rob Fitzgerald, who runs Walter Carl Interactive, says it's much easier and more profitable to reactivate an old or lost customer than to acquire a new one. An email append strategy and an email change of address program are the most successful and cost-effective ways to bring your offline customer communications online. How successful is email append? How about a 500% ROI? Bottom line, the lifetime value of customers who receive regular marketing emails is 3 to 10 times higher than those who don't. For more on building an online customer retention program and finding those inactive customers with email append, go to appendservices.com. That's appendservices.com. Walter Carl Interactive, with over 8 million quality B2B and over 130 million consumer email addresses. Interactive marketing, multi-channel strategies, e-marketing databases, online customer acquisition solutions. Walter Carl Interactive. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Uh, these are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Now, as you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola. So glad you're back here on The Advertising <laughs> Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and our special guest, Mark Gobey out of New York. The book is called Brand Jam, uh, Brand Jam, that is, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design. Trained as a designer and a graduate from the uh, Ecole Professionnelle. Boy, Mark, this is an interesting bio you have in Paris. Uh, Mark's uh, broad experience in packaging, structural design, and architecture has attracted a multifaceted mix of apparel, beauty, and consumer brand corporations. He is a frequent speaker at top marketing and design conferences, has also been invited to address uh, senior managers on emotional branding at corporations such as L'Oreal, Montblanc, Motorola, Procter & Gamble, AOL, General Motors, and Peugeot. Uh, Degrape, Gobey is the uh, is the agency, and Mark... Happy to have you here on the advertising show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Mark, just to clarify, is the jam and brand jam a reference to some similarity with fruit spread, or is that a musical term? <laughs> <laughs> it's more musical. It's uh, it's it's, it's a, uh, you know using jazz as a as a metaphor. Uh, I, w- I wrote the book because I you know I thought that uh, uh, you know brands need to uh, uh, you know to connect with uh, with. You know, with consumers, they need to jam with uh, uh, you know with consumers. My feeling was that uh, there was such a big divide between uh, you know brands and uh, and and what you know they wanted to uh, you know their consumers you know, to believe and the consumers who had 
completely different, you know, set of aspirations, you know. Yeah, I, I I really got to tell you, I, we both Ray and I were commenting before you came on uh, this book, uh, Brand Jam. Highly recommend, uh, worthwhile read. Allworth Pet Press is the uh, publisher, and I'm sure at a local bookstore near you or Amazon.com you can get a copy. I highly recommend it to all uh, uh, members of the marketing and advertising arena because it, it really says a lot about. Uh, Really advancing a theory, I think that that uh, we live in an emotionally driven economy, uh, and and since that's really the basis, I think of, of at least from my perspective of what your book's all about. Can you elaborate a little bit on how our economy is an emotionally driven economy? Well, I think that the um, uh, the economy. I had written, you know, previously a book called uh, Emotional Branding, where uh, I uh, uh, I kind of laid out, uh, you know, the fact that uh, you know, people are not, uh, you know, blank slates. You know, they're not, uh, you know, just sitting there, you know, waiting for brands, you know, to come to them and, and in a passive manner, uh, you know, ready to buy those brands. Uh, I think we're in, in a postmodern, you know, economy where, you know, consumers now want to define, you know, the brand that they buy. And not only that, but they want to define now the communication that, uh, uh, you know, the brands, you know, are creating. They want to be part of the creative process. They want to be part of, uh, of the branding process. And this is really a, uh, this, you know, aspiration for collaborations, you know, for, uh, you know, being part of, uh, of the process is, is really a new thing. And, and it has taken, I think, a lot of marketers, you know, by, uh, you know, by surprise. Who, uh, who, you know, thought that uh, uh, with traditional, uh, you know, media tools, they could still influence uh, people when, uh, when it was quite the opposite. People wanted to influence brands. Mm-hmm. You, you say that, that brands must shift from communication and commodities to emotion and design. That, that seems like uh, quite a leap. How, how do you get there? Well, I, I think that uh, uh, probably the most forgotten, you know, element of the marketing mix is is the product. Uh, right now, uh, what we are seeing, particularly if you, uh, uh, you know, if you watch, you know, advertising, or if you see, you know, all those strategies that are even using new media, it's all about the promise. Uh, but if you don't have a good product, if you don't have a product, you know, that means something. Uh, if you don't have a product that's going to stimulate, uh, you know, people, then there is no amount of communication or, or strategy that's going to help, you know, sell those products. So, what I'm, uh, uh, you know, what I'm saying is that it is time, you know, finally to go back to the basis of what marketing is all about, which is to, uh, uh, you know, to focus on the product and to create and to innovate with the type of products. That uh, you know will really make people enthusiastic about. Yeah, and and in your book, you you point out five consumer insights that pertain to branding uh, in the in the first part of your book, and we're going to hold that till next segment. And I'd like to get into discussing these, but uh, but before we do that, you know, in 2007, I would think that you know we might see local and and maybe regional brand marketers that are perhaps less sophisticated, still stuck in a straightforward communications approach, connecting the brand with consumers. But today, don't all major brands uh, 
uh, understand the importance of uh, consumer experience and the role design plays in brand communications, Mark? Well, uh, if you go to a supermarket, you know, and, and you walk the aisles of that supermarket, uh, in most cases, the supermarket by itself is not a place, you know, where you have, you know, the greatest experiences. And then when you look at the products, you know, the products are very generic. If you look at the uh, soft drink, you know, section, for instance, uh, all the competitors, you know, are packaged in the same size type of can. Uh, with very little, you know, differentiation. If you go t- into the detergent category, you'll see that the packaging is the same, and on and on. Uh, it seems that the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, some brands are trying to fit, you know, consumers into their production model instead of adapting the production model to, uh, uh, you know, consumers' you know experiences. Yeah, and, you know, we have about what, Ray, about a minute and a half left here? A couple of minutes, actually, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, recently the CEO of Starbucks came out and, and said that perhaps his company has uh, gotten a little off track. And uh, for many years, Ray and I have brought up Starbucks as the great example of connecting uh, the consumer with the brand experience and certainly the role that uh, design plays. But I think that, you know, you tell me, Mark, but I think from a design standpoint, they've really – Maybe uh, has diversification of design worked against the Starbucks? I, th- I think with Starbucks, the uh, uh, you know clearly they were you know launched uh, you know under you know a platform that was articulated and uh, and brought to life you know through you know through their design you know clearly the you know the shops the stores. Uh, where you know unique and different and and uh, you know experiential you could come in and smell the coffee and there was like a, a spirit of uh, uh, you know of, of of coffee lovers you know that that happened uh, happened there I think that as they expanded they started to take away you know some of the, some of the sensory you know experiences that you know happen. Uh, in those places, and uh, uh, and and it really changed, you know, the total, you know, atmosphere. You know, again, they had a product, you know, that worked. They had like this uh, incredibly, uh, you know, emotional and sensorial product, you know, that was all about the experience. And and, and suddenly they tried to commoditize it. They tried to make it, you know, more, uh, you know, functional, you know, for uh, because of their Special guest here is Mark Bay out of New York, author of Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design. It's Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsythe. So happy that you're able to join us here. We've got a couple more segments with Mark, and we hope you stay with us. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. 
with them dirt. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Advertising Show, Rachel and Brad Forsyth. And uh, out of New York this weekend, our special guest is author of uh, Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design, Mark Obey. Mark, welcome back to the Advertising Show. Great to have you here. Yeah, and uh, Mark, just to uh, just to uh, finish up on the Starbucks commentary there, of course, the email that came about or the announcement or whatever it was was certainly not for public, but it made it to the public in terms of uh, the CEO admitting that uh, Starbucks had taken their eye off the ball. What, what's the takeaway lesson, I guess, for a company that had a wonderfully successful formula and platform to grow upon and, gosh, was really the showcase uh, poster boy for how to create a brand and do it without uh, a lot of uh, promotion and advertising and doing it purely from a brand, from a consumer experience standpoint, and, and then they lost it. So, so what's the lesson there, Mark? I'm not sure they completely lost it. Uh, I think that the uh, you know the beauty of uh, of the Starbucks you know brand as uh, you know some of the great brands you know like uh, you know Apple or Target is that they really have a powerful culture of uh, uh, you know of service and uh, and uh, engagement you know to their consumers. So the fact that the uh, uh, you know the CEO you know the founder of the company came out and said we're going to stop this. Okay, this is not us, and, uh, uh, and we're going to go back to our roots. We're going to go back to what we believe. We're going to go back to what people, uh, you know, want. Is really uh, the type of initiative that you only can find, you know, in those companies. Because I am sure that everybody in the company uh, received that uh, information with, uh, uh, you know, with great joy. It, it, you know, it just, you know, shows that uh, if you've got a culture you know, that's always focused on doing good, uh, you'll get, you know, the problem corrected. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, out of fairness, it's not certainly over by any stretch for, for Starbucks, but I, I, for one, and I know Ray and I have talked about this, was a little disappointed in seeing changes being made at the store level just in the for the benefit of efficiencies and changing the uh, the coffee ma- machines, uh, espresso machines, to an automatic machine, sure, and other shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. Everybody did. Yeah, and, and again, fortunately, as you point out, they caught it in time, and they have the structure and the and the company and the uh, rank and file that can uh, institute those changes. It'll be interesting to watch uh, on the sidelines if they uh, make some changes and return back to. Uh, to a more focused approach as they have before. Your uh, firm, Mark, uh, uh, with both locations in New York as well as uh, uh, Paris, De Grape Gobe, how does Asia. your approach, I'm sorry? And in Asia. And in Asia. Well, thank you for correcting it. Where in Asia are you located? Uh, we're in uh, Tokyo, Seoul, uh, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Obviously, uh, a worldwide uh, organization, and, and where things are happening there in uh, in Asia. I guess if you're going to be uh, worldwide and global, you really have to have a presence in in Asia, or you're missing a, a significant uh, part of the marketplace there. How does your approach with your company uh, uh, differ from a branding standpoint than traditional methods currently in use? I, th- I think we, uh, uh, we we believe in two things. We, we really believe in uh, in the power of uh, of culture. And cultural, you know, differences. So when we work on global projects, we like to get in, uh, all our offices involved, so we can get 
a uh, you know a perception of what the world is thinking about a brand. And I remember that when we worked on Coca-Cola for their worldwide um, uh, you know de- design, we got some such incredible information, you know, from you know from Asia because particularly China because they uh, uh, you know they're so new you know in the uh, uh, in, in the market. The second thing is is that we we like to work in a in a, a participative manner. We like to make our uh, office really a, a, a think tank, you know, and with our clients uh, work you know intuitively and visually around defining you know the future of uh, you know of brands. So we've been able to uh, you know to do that to take you know our clients out of the logical world you know, in which they belong, you know, to take them into the emotional world where uh, consumers, you know, live. And uh, we've established, you know, a really dynamic process uh, using, you know, visuals as, as, and, and sensory, you know, materials, and, you know, as a, as a basis for uh, innovation and, and, and conversation that I think Really change the relationship that you can you can have and uh, and make uh, clients and their communication firms real partners, you know, in trying to find uh, you know powerful solutions. So, what what uh, kind of innovative uh, consumer research do you do to define some of these differences and and can I, and make sure that when you uh, offer a client something new and innovative that you're that you're as close as you can be to being on target? That'd probably be a good question to save for uh, next segment here on the advertising show. It's Ray Shillings along with Brad Forsythe, our special guest Mark Gobey, author of Brand Jam: Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design. We'll be back with more in just a minute. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Talk about a long-lasting brand with uh, transcending many generations there, Alka-Seltzer. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, with our special guest, uh, Mark Bay, author of Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design out of New York this weekend. Glad you're listening, too. And, uh, well, i tell you one thing. You set, you set up a great question, then we had to play one of those silly things we call <laughs> yeah. commercials. Right. So uh, <laughs> go for it, Brad. Yeah, uh, real quickly, you, you did a great job of elaborating on your company and how it does differ from the traditional methods of, of branding that a lot of 
current companies use. And, and my question was the role consumer research plays with your company and maybe some more innovative approaches to consumer research and getting into the head of the consumer. Can you talk about that, please, Mark? Uh, yes, I think research is such a critical um, element of, uh, of consumer you know, understanding. Uh, the problem is that, uh, you know, for us, is that research has never been uh, really a friend. And, uh, and we've seen a lot of time, you know, focus group, you know, type of research where you ask, you know, people, you know, what they want uh, or ask people, you know, to judge, you know, innovation. You know, we found that uh, sometimes we lost, you know, some great ideas because of this rational approach. So the, uh, uh, there's two types of research that we prefer. You know, one is uh, ethnographic, uh, where you can see how, the, you know, the brands are really living, you know, within, uh, you know, a family or in people's lives. The second uh, research that we, uh, uh, that we really uh, love is the psychological research. Uh, which is to uh, probe, uh, you know, people deeper into their subconscious, uh, into the, uh, uh, you know, the important, you know, motivations that connect them, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, to brands. And that's where you find some, uh, you know, some deep truth, you know, sometimes some universal, you know, truth that uh, uh, opens some, some white space, uh, you know, for... Uh, for innovations or open, you know, areas that that nobody has thought of as opportunities to, uh, uh, you know, to manage. Yeah, and uh, we have brandjam.com for anyone interested to learn more about your book. The the website for your company, Mark, real quickly. Uh, the website is uh, dga.com. Yes, very simple to remember, dga.com. And I visited that site. Uh, it's a good-looking uh, site. As promised, we didn't get to it last segment. Part one of your book discusses five consumer insights as they pertain to branding. You know, uh, real quickly to go through them, and we've got just about uh, four, four minutes left. We have uh, insight number one, postmodern dreams. What, what can you tell us about that? Well, I think we, are, uh, we moved, you know, from a dogmatic, you know, modern, you know, society where uh, – the uh, you know the brands were defining you know how you know their uh, you know their you know their products would live in society to a postmodern society about experience you know that want to uh, have the freedom to redefine the brand that they love. Yeah, and you know you talked earlier about the relationship between emotional design and culture, uh, and, and that's a bit of where you talk about insight number two. Insight comes from the margins, but in the third insight, uh, which is labeled emotional design as feminized design, the third insight ref- you know refers to. Uh, I guess it was a surprise for me. Are, are you suggesting that that women drive design choices in the context of our consumer lives? I think 80% of, uh, of all buying are influenced by women. And so each time you design you know, something or each time you, uh, uh, you, know, you think about a brand, you have to, uh, uh, you know, to think about women or at least you, know, you have to, uh, uh, you know, to uh, you know, ask women what, what they think about it. And so their influence is, is definitely uh, you know, dominant in, uh, in the branding game. You know, and, and, and it's 100% in the case of uh, Ray's wife, but uh, 80%, I guess, for the rest of us. The, your fourth insight refers to the success of brands that establish a strong sensory connection to the consumer. Can you elaborate on this point, if you would, please, Mark? Uh, I, think, I think that, the, you know, the design of a brand, the design uh, of a brand is a proof. 
it's it's the sensory you know experience it is you know the thing that uh, uh, you know that you can touch you can hold that you can see it's a promise you know delivered and i think that what's missing uh, probably right now is that uh, a lot of commercials you know tv or a lot of communications you know are promising uh, tremendous dreams that do not manifest themselves you know on yeah. the shelves of supermarkets yeah, it's it's easy to make brand promises, but delivering is is the other part of the equation. Insight number five is design democracy, and I, I, I you're, you're, you say that global brands lack the sensitivity that they that that could make their messages more memorable. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that uh, uh, you know what people uh, brand branding is about democracy because it is about uh, you know freedom of choice. Uh, but uh, if you look at uh, you know at brands you know worldwide, you realize that you know different cultures you know want to see the brands to adapt you know to their own language, and a lot of uh, global brands you know forget to uh, uh, that sensitivity and, and and take a long time to adapt to uh, uh, you know to those particular you know local cultures when there is you know so much opportunity there. You know. The entire, uh, that's part of the book. Part two discusses seven brand shifts that unveil the most important opportunities that humanize brands and to learn more about that and what we just covered. Uh, you can check out Brand Jams. It's a great book. What would you leave our audience with, uh, if you could leave them with just one thought about branding and design and the role design plays? Well, I think I, w- I would like to say that design is to branding what jazz is to music. You know, as people, you know, clamor for more emotional brand experience, I think the world of branding has been too slow to respond. And uh, not like a jazz band, I think it's really important that, uh, you know, all the branding professionals and the consumers, you know, together can create the type of, uh, uh, you know, world, you know, for their brands that uh, uh, everybody uh, can enjoy. And on that note, we uh, we have to say uh, thanks, Mark, uh, for being with us. Mark Obey is author of Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design out of New York. Uh, Mark, we wish you the best of luck with your with your brand new book and continued success in your business as well. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for having me on the show. We have uh, more of the advertising show coming your way in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. You know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card. That's good. One card I and so many years he's had that card, too. Probably yeah. ought to get another one. Probably. It's a uh, classic spot, American Express, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. Uh, next week, by the... By the way, we have uh, Mark Simmons uh, coming uh, to the advertising show. Mark is co-author of Punk Marketing, Get Off Your Ass and Join the Revolution. Okay? So if you want to see what that's all about, you can preview it by punkmarketing.com. But we, uh, of course, uh, encourage you to stay with the show as well. Right now it's time to say, oh, Jeffrey, where are you? Here he is. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Let me give you the most powerful customer service lesson in the world. And it doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with your customers. Let's assume that the lesson is entitled Service Leads to Sale. Now, I'm on a plane 200 times a year. 
How many times I get asked, how many times I get asked, how was your flight? All the time. Well, that's part of this lesson. The same type of question will be asked to customers who deal with you after your product or your service has been delivered or provided. The question will create dialogue. The type of dialogue that it creates is entirely up to you because the story will be retold to fellow workers, business associates, family members, and or friends about their experiences with you. Customers don't make up stories about your business. It's you who creates them. If the experience was good, the customer may not be proactively prone to say something. But if the experience was bad, you can bet your last dollar they're going to bring up the story in the first five minutes of a conversation, depending on the severity of the displeasure, sometimes in the first five seconds. Here's the rule. It's said that 80% of American business is done by word-of-mouth advertising. What's the word out on you? After the transaction is over, the customer is going to say one of three things, something good, nothing, or something bad. And the cool part is about that, you choose exactly what it is. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. That's right. It's uh, thanks to Mark Gobey, uh, the uh, book Brand Jam, Humanizing Brands Through Emotional Design, and Mark Simmons coming up next week. And then the week after that, it's Gene Simmons. And yeah. then Richard Simmons after that. Right. And, yeah. um, who else and then uh, Foster, uh, then the, uh, the uh, vacuum cleaner people, Simmons and Foster. No, what was Simmons, it? That's a, they make beds. Foster and Simmons. That's right, beds. And, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of Mr. Hoover? Yeah, like probably. That. Hey, uh, to television. How many? Yes. How many? Uh, there's a there's a study that says the average number of uh, people see only how many channels? What would you say to that? Average. Average. That they watch that they less watch, than yeah. twenty. Less than twenty. Very good. Okay, that's fifteen that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the average U.S. household gets around a hundred four point two television mm-hmm. channels yeah. these days, but watches. On average, only slightly more than 15 of them, which would really make a good case for cable and, uh, and specificity in, in targeting your ad there. Figures yeah. are up for an average of 96.4 channels per home in 05 when 15.4 were watched over any regularity, uh, right. meaning about 10 minutes a week, basically, is what you get. So an estimated 47% of all U.S. homes with televisions got more than 100 channels, according to the survey. And the survey says, no, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I, you know, that's true, too. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I don't know about you, but there are things that I want to watch right. and things that I won't watch. I right. really don't care about the Spanish language programming that we seem to have an abundance with with our uh, Dish TV. But that's si, okay. senor. Si. Correcto. But uh, anyway, that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, good good talking with Mark today. We had to brush up on our French a little bit to actually talk with him. We oui. De grape gobe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I kept expecting you to say, that's not my dog. <laughs> Peter Sellers, huh? Yes, or Peter Sellers. Yeah. So, uh, hey, listen, by the way, uh, advertising show powered by Schiphol.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. That's uh, Ed Schiphol and his crew here in our home market in Houston, and he does a great job with a, a platform called Tendency. 
Uh, check it out. It's a wonderful marketing tool. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. You can visit them online at adage.com. And by Walter Carl Interactive. Visit them at waltercarl.com. That's K-A-R-L.com. With Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. The Advertising Show. It's a big radio midgets production.